All right, and here we go with the last episode yeah. of season five of How I Met Your Mortgage. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm stunned, Jen, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching, and with me, as always, is our co-host, our marketing director, one of our other coaches, Jen Waybor. Jen, last episode of the year, and you had a big year when it came to this podcast. You, yeah, it's uh, been awesome. You increased like 90,000% or some ridiculous number in listenership, and it only took us uh, four and a half years to half. get there doing it right. About 200 episodes. We have a really cool guest for you guys today. So uh, welcome to the show, Sulema Aguirre. Although, Sulema, you go by Sule. I do, yeah. Okay. Um, so, and if memory serves for a little bit of chatter, this is probably one of the first times you've done a live broadcast this way. It is. Cool. I've never well, this... done a live video at all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. That surprises yeah. me. That's usually like a cornerstone of stuff that people having the kind of success in a direct-to-consumer related sales gig have. So, boy, if we can get you comfortable with live video and get you doing that, just think you might uh, take off like a rocket. So <laughs> give us a little bit of background. We know essentially, well, Jen and I do who you are because we do a pretty hefty amount of vetting when it comes to our podcast guests, uh, certainly the ones we invite to be on the show. Um, but you're a real estate agent in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I am. And yes. with Keller Williams, right? Correct. Okay. And how long have you been doing this? I've been in the business for five years. Five years. Wow. That is really impressive. Usually we have really hardened veterans on the show, people that have been at this for a long, long time. So for you to be able to produce the kind of business that you do, do the kind of volume that you do with only having been in the business for five years is pretty cool stuff. You should be pretty proud of yourself. Yeah, I, I can't complain. Okay. <laughs> um, have you always been with Keller Williams? I, I started out with Keller Williams, then I um, switched to equity real estate. Uh, I was with them for a year, and then I moved back to Keller Williams. So, Good. yeah, most of my career, I've been with Keller Williams. Same uh, office, same team, same branch when you left and came back? Um, different offices. I started out at Client's Choice, and then um, I moved to Freedom, and I've been there ever since. So, basically, three years with okay. Freedom. And what were you doing before you were doing real estate? I did auto insurance. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, not too dissimilar in the type of relationship business that uh, you have to, I mean, let's not pull any punches when it comes to real estate, mortgages, which Jen and I do as well. Uh, well, Jen doesn't, but she does the marketing for my mortgage brokerage. Um, yeah, But Jen has been in sales a lot. Let's not... Uh, you know, let's, we're not going to let her hide from that. I guess I would put it that way. And the, the insurance, financial planning, these are all relationship businesses. Um, really the bottom line with it, of course, is you've got to generate leads. Without that, the skill set of being a mortgage broker, real estate agent, an insurance agent, whatever, aren't really useful because you don't have any clients to help. So you've got to be able to find clients, buyers and sellers, whatever the case may be. 
in order to really do your business, in order to make it successful. Um, do you? What do you think are the big differences between lead gen in the property and casualty insurance world and in the real estate world? Um, I didn't really have to lead gen when I was in insurance because I was working for a company that they already had their clients. So I didn't really have to look for clients when I was doing insurance. They okay. basically, yeah, they already had their clientele and they came to us. So it was more, more customer service. Got it. You were uh, dealing with existing clients, not producing new ones. Okay. That's a big change then when it comes to doing real estate because you do have to produce new ones. Yes, that is totally different. Different. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, tell us about that. Where does your business come from? Um, It comes from referrals. Okay. Fantastic. And yeah, having a strict repeat and referral business is kind of the mo here and what we do we even take it a step further we want our clients to be able to build a strict repeat and referral business that they can eventually walk away from while it still pays them and i think that a lot of us kind of have that goal that aspiration we all know that there are multitudes of ways to plan for retirement to how do i put this well to stop working and i know real estate agents that don't and could um, that, you know, at 80 years old are still uh, going through the normal steps. Um, and I know a bunch that at 30 years old are striving to figure out how they can uh, eventually retire off of their real estate business, which is really cool. Um, and of course, you can all do the typical IRA, 401k, invest in other places. A lot of us probably do. And if you're not, you probably should invest in real estate. That's kind of our MO. And if you're uh, doing flips or rentals or uh, vacation rentals or whatever the case may be, then good on you. Um, but yeah, I think that building a, a strict repeat and referral business is obviously a very big deal, but it couldn't have always been that way for you. I mean, you had to have started somewhere. Where, where did the business come from when you first got into real estate? Um, I mean, I've been in the Springs for quite a long time. I've been here for, oh gosh, 22 years now. Um, so I do know a lot of people here. And um, me and my husband, we used to own a nightclub. We owned it for six years. So I think we put um, ourselves out there. Like a lot of people got to know us. And then after that, I started to do real estate. So I think um, part of it had to do with uh, the community knowing me. And when I started doing real estate, there wasn't a lot of Spanish speaking realtors. And most of my clients are Spanish-speaking realtors. Ah, so yeah. it, it all started out with referrals. And obviously, I started posting on Facebook, on social media, Instagram, Snapchat. <laughs> uh, now, that's funny because a lot of people don't think that Snap is valuable to their lead generation business, to getting repeat and referral clients. And I, I think it is. Absolutely, it is. It's a different audience. No question than what you're going to see in Facebook. And that's different than what you're going to see in Insta. Although because of meta, there's obviously a lot of blending there. Jen would certainly be happy to uh, give us all the bits and pieces about that. But yeah, for those of you listening, there is value in Snapchat. There is no question about it. Uh, Do not discount that as a decent social media platform, as a social media audience. 
as a CRM. I mean, we've really kind of come to a point where we're referring to our social media audiences as CRMs. LinkedIn is a great uh, example of that. And yeah, I think Snap has value to it. It definitely does. Yeah, um, so I've, I've gotten clients from there. I was just doing it for fun, but... Yeah. Out there. Can you tell us more about that? Like, yeah, what, how are you using Snapchat you for lead gen? Because you're the first one to actually talk about truly using Snapchat for lead yeah. gen. So I think this is super cool. Yeah. So it's mostly video <clears throat> on it. And I would just go there and just snap the houses I was showing. And then I'll post closings that I had. And people would get motivated. And they get motivated and they'll reach me out through Snapchat. That is so that's awesome. cool. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. That's kind of the same MO as we would expect from a lot of real estate agents focusing on other social media audiences, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, a little gray there. LinkedIn's better B2B than B2C. Um, YouTube, uh, TikTok. Absolutely. So that, yeah, you're basically able to translate what should, what everybody should be doing in their social media channels and put that into another audience with Snapchat is a big deal. That's really cool. Yeah, Jen and I know very few people that are doing that. And we've never had one on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> so I guess yeah. I'm the last one on the show and the first one with Snapchat. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, we're going to have to start following you on uh, Snap and figure that out. In fact, everybody should. If you're watching, if you're listening, follow her on Snap. We'll get that handle posted for you guys so that... You can get an idea of what she's talking about when it comes to her lead gen, her repeat and referral business through a platform like Snapchat. And that is probably the least popular and most obscure of the social media platforms that we talk about and hear about when we're talking about lead gen for real estate or for anything else where we have a direct to consumer type of sales gig. So that is wicked, wicked cool stuff. That is pretty exciting. Um, I would be willing to bet that being bilingual helps a lot. Um, I am a Colorado native, and I certainly did take some Spanish in high school. And for those of you that don't know our market, and hopefully if you're here, you know your market, but we're at a point where something like 20% of the population is Latinx. Knowing Spanish is beyond a big deal. Um, and I'm fluent enough to tell you del burro sabe más español que mí. Oh my God. For, for, you, for the rest of you gringos, I just said the uh, donkey knows more Spanish than I do, which is about <laughs> true. Um, so yeah, that is also really, really cool. Do you find that a big portion of your clients are Spanish speaking? Oh yeah, definitely. I'll say 75% of my clients are Spanish speaking. Oh, that is a big yeah. number. Um, and I'm willing to bet the further we go south, the bigger that number goes up. There's probably a greater Latin population in Colorado Springs than Denver in Pueblo, than Colorado Springs, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, hopefully if you're in a Colorado market, you are doing what you can to capture multiple channels, multiple cultures of that kind of thing. And yeah, I I don't know that we're coming across a whole lot of bilingual people, Jen. We've had a couple, but not as many as I would expect with how diverse the Colorado population is becoming or is not really well, even becoming anymore. And probably it's... not somebody who can say 75% of their businesses. No, definitely not. Language. Definitely yeah, not. That's wicked cool. 
That is wicked cool. And all of the documentation, all your real estate contracts, all of the mortgage lending documentation, your loan estimates and CDs are all in Spanish. No, they're not. They're, mm. they're all in English. Wow. That means a lot of work for you. You're doing yeah. a lot of translation. Mm -hmm. Wow. Good for you. That is some kind of commitment and dedication. That is a very big deal. You're you're spending more time with your clients than most of us. Oh, you yeah. You have to be. Yeah. And I go to my inspections. Obviously, I'm pretty sure every buyer agent goes to their impact inspection. Um, but I do go because I have to translate my clients because uh, I haven't seen an inspector that speaks Spanish. So I have to translate that. Wow. Wow, that's unique. That's too. surprising. Yeah, if you're yeah. an inspector and you're listening to that, there's a target. <laughs> Holy cow. That's a big deal. And I agree. I can't, I mean, I don't deal with inspectors a whole lot on the mortgage side, but um, I mean, obviously I've bought and sold homes. They've all been inspected. Always get an inspection, please. Whoever you are, please <laughs> always get an inspection. Um, and yeah, I can't say that any of them speak a second language and certainly not Spanish, or at least not that I'm aware of, um, but they probably all know that I don't speak Spanish. So that's probably where that uh, comes down to. Um, so tell us about your team, I'm guessing. Um, you are on a team with your office? I am on a team, yes. Okay. Um, and how many of you are there? What kind of support staff do you have? What are you, I mean, obviously you're doing a lot of the work. Do you have a TC? I do, yes. Is your TC fluent in Spanish? She's not. <laughs> okay. So you are still doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. how how many agents, what kind of support staff, what does that structure look like? So we have kind of like an umbrella type of team because there is like the head team lead and then there is other teams under that umbrella. If you if that if you were call it that um so the one the team at matt um it's only three of us oh, actually four there's another agent that just uh, joined the team um so there is four of us and then there is another team at a different um office still keller williams um but that team has i believe let me see i don't know probably like seven members it just keeps growing growing and growing but it's always it's always nice to have that support I could not disagree. That is certainly a big, a big piece of the puzzle when it comes to this kind of business. It's real estate is tough to do on your own. Uh, there's no question. And Jen, maybe you'll have a better grip on this than I will because we talked about it some time ago with one of our coaching clients, actually a team that we were coaching and uh, had actually moved from Keller to EV over the period. And the team lead had done a lot of research about the success, uh, the, the increase in business, so on and so forth, over the individual agent versus over the team. And without equivocation, the faster path to success, the shorter path, was to be on a team. Jen, do you recall yeah. any of those stats specifically? No. No, it's been, what, two years now since Probably. they did that swap. But it was, I mean shockingly d different if you were on a team versus i mean that's with everything though go together instead of going alone you're gonna find success more quickly so. safety in numbers yeah 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 <laughs> kind of thing okay um i am really curious about what sule thinks we're getting into you're, you're right in the real estate business has been 
volatile. Uh, I mean, the majority of your career has been since the onset of the pandemic. And all kinds of things have been up and down and business up and down. And uh, the governor telling us at one point we couldn't show houses or we couldn't have inspections, whatever our uh, shelter in place orders were, these kinds of things. And while I think we've kind of gotten past that and the powers that be say we've gotten past that, um, I've, I've got to assume that we're still going to see something of a roller coaster ride in real estate and certainly in your market where there's uh, a significant housing shortage. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the front range of Colorado, we don't have but a few decent sized cities, Denver, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins. I guess we could consider Boulder front range and people want to live here. The climate is spectacular. I guess we shouldn't mention that before we went live, we were talking about our 30 below zero day yeah. coming later this week. It's a fluke. It's a fluke. I swear. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the climate is amazing. The culture is amazing. The scenery is obviously spectacular. This is an incredible place to live. And as a result, like a lot of other major metropolitan markets, we have a housing shortage. We have a supply and demand problem. We'll probably never really resolve it. We'll never see a balanced market again or a buyer's market again, which is fine. I, I own real estate, so I like that. Um, but you've seen some wild ride in your career. I have. What, yes. what, do you, what do you think we're getting into this coming year? What do you prognosticate the real estate to look like, the market to look like? Um, I mean... It all depends on the interest rates. Ah. <laughs> okay. You're, you're the expert. You're the lender. Um, what I do like about this market um, is that we obviously have more houses here in the springs. So my buyers, they have more options right now where to choose from. They don't have to go over 30, 50K. So that's that's a good thing. And they they have options. They can... They can ask for closing costs to um, act to get the rate lower. Um, they can ask for that. So I, I do like that because the past few years was crazy. They they couldn't go. Well, obviously, they went to look probably like three homes because there wasn't many homes. And they have to decide right away. If you like this house, you have to like make a decision right now because you can't go overnight and Think about, think about it, it. Think about right? It, because it's not going to be available. Um, so what I like about it right now is that buyers have more choices. The only thing about the sellers, they have to be more patient right now because their house is not going to sell in three days in a weekend. Well, it depends if it's price right, if it's in the perfect condition. It's It could be, that could be the case, but it mostly is not. I agree. I think the softening of the real estate market, albeit negligible, has certainly provided a much better environment for buyers. And we are seeing seller concessions and sellers paying to buy the rate down and people not getting into bidding wars and not paying exorbitant amounts of money over the asking price. Uh, we are still also seeing sellers late to adjust and some agents late to adjust where they think that that's going to be the case. And we do have properties sitting on the market a little longer. We're seeing price reductions, those kinds of things. Um, I do think it's important to note that, uh, particularly for agents that are representing sellers, 
to educate them and for sellers in general, a balanced real estate market, what defines a balanced real estate market is a six month inventory. It should take you six months to sell your home and you should expect it to take six months to find a home. And of course, we're never going to see that again. If you if you're looking at a property that's been on the market for six months, there's only one reason why it's overpriced. overpriced. Yeah. Um, and we're never going to get to a six-month inventory. The, the supply and demand issue is going to negate that for decades to come, which, again, if you own real estate, is great. Your values are going to continue to go up. If you are buying today, great. Your values will always go up. These kinds of things, they're not going to go up 20 or 25% a year like they did last year year before. Um, they'll probably still be going up more than what would be considered normal or healthy. If we actually had a balanced market, we would probably be looking at 5 or 6% per year, and we're probably still going to look at 10 or 12, um, which is fine. I get it. There's nothing in the cards that can trump that supply or demand issue. It's, it's supply and demand issue. It's just not going to happen. But yeah, I do agree that this coming year is going to be a much more palatable one uh, for buyers. There's just no question because whatever went on last year and the year before was absolutely insane. Okay. Now, <clears throat> as far as the mortgage rates are concerned, you know, for those of you buying now or interested in buying now, or if you're representing buyers, if you're uh, listening or watching here live or in syndication, obviously education is key. Um, owning a home that's going to continue to go up in value year after year after year because of that supply and demand problem is still a greater benefit than a higher interest rate that you're going to refinance out of next year, year after, maybe both. Uh, I refinanced my home in 20 and in 21 as the rates came down and down and down. I don't think we'll ever see them that low again, but the talking heads that we do pay attention to the uh prognosticators that are actually right when it comes to this stuff and have been so far for the latter part of this year that we expected to see rates about five percent at the end of the year and we do uh two solid months of rates going down now but we have uh gotten to that point and they also believe that we'll be solidly in the fours next year and solidly in the threes the year after because this is the way the pendulum swings so while i have no control and I am merely giving you information from the uh, profits that we do trust when it comes to the mortgage information. I do think that that will have an impact as well. I think that the mortgage rates continuing to go down as this pendulum swings back the other way will have a positive impact on homes moving at a slightly better clip than they are right now. None of this is ever going to overshadow the supply and demand problem though i mean we're just we have a lack of inventory in every major metropolitan area and that's just the way it's going to be right and then especially the the market we're in where we have four military bases so they're always coming and moving so that helps with the market to stay because their house is being sold being, being bought so that has to do a lot with it yeah, does. Jen, you're guilty of that. You're a relatively new transplant. It's true. And supposedly probably, my brother will be here in a couple months, but probably yeah. don't want to live anywhere else now. No, I mean, I'm a dip, bit of a nomad, but now I have both my best friends have babies in the last month. So I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, especially what you're talking about with 
a buyer, I was trying to buy a house earlier this year and you were oftentimes, I mean, my realtor was like asking me how much I wanted to offer before I'd even seen the house because I had to have an idea and he had to have an idea of what I was willing to offer. Um, so even though interest rates are higher, I like this a lot better than a year ago as someone who would potentially be looking for a house. Um, but you're right, the turnover, especially down, you know, airport road down near the bases, there's always constant turnover down there, which is interesting for the Colorado Springs market. That is a good point. Yes. For those of you that aren't familiar, Colorado Springs has a high uh, military population. Uh, and yeah, that does generate a bit more in the way of houses being sold and bought than in other areas. Good point, Jen. Um, and yeah, Chris, if you're listening and we can get you to commit to Colorado, <laughs> then we can pretty much guarantee that Jen will be here for a long, long time. That's true. Probably even after these babies she's referencing are grown. Yeah, very cool. Well, so they give us some information for our audience because we do get a lot of local listenership. We do get a lot of people contemplating being on teams. We obviously do get a lot of people that want to buy and sell homes up and down the front range and in the Colorado Springs area. What is the best way to get a hold of you if they want? Uh, well, if they want to go to uh, get a hold of me, they can just they can call me on my cell phone. Um, Give us the number. 719-963-7525. Um, they can also find me on Facebook. Um, just my name, Sule Aguirre. Um, I also do have a bit Facebook business page. Um, it's at Homes by Sulema. So that's my whole name. So that's how you guys can find me. Cool. Yeah, and we will all be studying the Snapchat activity, no <laughs> question. Uh, that's going to be really entertaining for us. I'm, I'm really uh, enthralled by it because, yeah, like Jen said, nobody's ever come on the show and said Snapchat just right out of their mouth. Hey, this is a great source. Um, so, yeah, we will certainly do that as well. Um, and, Suley, you did great. I know that this was, uh, you know, Kind of in the back of your mind a little bit. How's this going to go? Am I going to be okay? Um, yes, nobody's going to jump out of the computer and get you. Uh, nope. So, yeah, hopefully this will generate some positive long-term stuff for you as well. Um, and uh, I can't thank you enough. I know carving out this kind of time on a Monday morning for somebody who's really busy is a big, big deal. So, thank you. Uh, it took a little arm twisting to get you on the show, but right. I'm glad we did. It took about a year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. and that's uh, just Jen's normal MO. Jen, you're booked out, what, 14 or 15 months as it is? I am booking, I think I have one spot left in February of 24, and March is all booked. So pretty much April of 24. Wow. Okay. So yeah. even a little more than that. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, and this is our last episode of the year. Very yep. big deal for us. I haven't done the exact math, but I've got to figure at some point this season, we breached 200 episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage, for which sure. is really cool. And you've got us booked for at least 250 now. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. really cool. Very exciting stuff. So, Sule, gracias. Uh, mucho gusto. And now you have pretty much exhausted the limit of my Spanish. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for the invite. It was great meeting you guys in person. Not in person, but <laughs> almost in person. Since the pandemic, we'll call this in person. All right, Jen, why don't you take us home? 
All right, guys, like we've said multiple times, this is our last episode of season five of How I Met Your Mortgage. We are taking two weeks off from the show, which is crazy. We will be back the second week of January with our good friend, Megan Bello. She recently had a little one. Maybe the little one will make an appearance on the show second week of January. But if you want to find out more about us, you can text TIPS, T-I-P-S, to 63566. Um, We will be announcing the dates for Social Media Day and Mile High Mastermind very soon. Um, Those will be on our website, and you'll be able to get there through our text code. You can get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips. You can book a free hour of coaching with us, um, get past episodes of the show, find the podcast on both apple and spotify probably some new places in the new year so stay tuned for that too um all the things text tips to 63566 to find out everything you could possibly want to know about just the tips coaching right on well thanks jen that's quite a solid summary there and again sule thank you so much for doing this with us and if you're not too uncomfortable with it we'd love to have you back in the future oh of course i already I mean, I did it, so why not? (laughs) Exactly. Now now you're an old hand, a veteran, as it were. All right. For the rest of you, thank you for tuning in live or in syndication, whether you're watching the video cast or listening to the podcast. Barring the next two weeks, we are live at 1030 in the morning mountain time. Man, I can't wait till I can say Mountain Daylight Time again. Um, (laughs) But on that note, let's sign off. And we will see you guys next time. In between, happy holidays, happy new year. And we will talk to you then. Happy holidays.